0: The preseason All-Pac-12 teams have been released. Who from the Sun Devils has made it and how many Sun Devils ended up on the four-team list? We're going to talk about that today on the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to subscribe. Hit the follow button wherever you get your podcasts and turn on those notifications so that you never miss an episode update from us. Today, we're here to talk about the Pac-12 teams, the preseason edition, and the Sun Devils who made these preseason teams. There are eight guys that we're going to talk about, split it up, four and four in the first two segments, and then I'm going to give you a handful of guys who I believe should also be getting some attention in the final segment of the show. But taking a look first at the guys who did make it, eight players for Arizona State have made the preseason Pac-12 honors. Those players being DJ Taylor, Zazavian Valade, Ladarius Henderson, Ben Scott, Merlin Robertson, Kyle Soley, Nesta Jade Silvera and Corey Bethley. Now, DJ Taylor actually made two different teams, and he's the only Arizona State Sun Devil to receive the first team honors. Definitely a, a little bit of a surprise and something that caught me a little off guard when I was taking a look at it, but I can I can understand how they got there. So Taylor is a defensive back for the team, and there is a very, very good opportunity for him to get snaps on the defensive side of the ball. However, that's not why he was selected to the two teams, those being the first team and the third team again, or first team and second team, excuse me. First team as a punt returner, second team as a kick returner. And there's there's a reason why there's that opportunity for him. And that's because there's not a lot of guys ahead of him who are going to steal those opportunities. Last year, Rashad White had some opportunities before being taken away from, from those responsibilities because he became such a facet on the offensive side of the ball that the team wasn't really willing to put him at more risk than he needed to be in. And that gave DJ Taylor opportunities as a punt returner where he actually shined. He was well over 10 yards of return on 14 attempts. He returned 191 yards, including a 47 yard long. He was an electric punt returner. He was a smart punt returner. He's a guy with really, really good speed and the potential to house any opportunity that he has when he's smart with what he's trying to do with it. So as far as DJ Taylor goes for you know the, the special teams quality, a punt returner, definitely understandable. Now the second team that they gave him ends up being for kick returning, which took me a little off guard. Uh, last year, he had 25 returns for just 525 yards, which is 21 yards per return, exactly 21 yards. The unfortunate thing there is in college football, you get out to the twenty-five yard line on your on your on your uh, uh, touchbacks. So that's the word I'm looking for. So he was anything but spectacular when it came to the the kick return duties for the team, and that's something that definitely makes me a little nervous. Here is you know what are we what are we supposed to do with 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 a very underwhelming kind of kick returner. So he did, and and I feel like part of the reason why they want to give him that opportunity is because as a freshman, he had just eight attempts and turned it into 279 yards, which is well over 30 yards of return, and he did have a 100-yard touchdown. So the potential is there for him to be a very good kick return man. He just needs to be smarter, and unfortunately, he was taking kicks that were, you know, four, five, sometimes even deeper than that, yards in the end zone, and not getting out to the 25-yard line. There were fumbling issues as well, so Taylor has a lot of stuff to clean up. By the way, those fumble issues still showed up in, in a, a spring practice, so there, there's a lot of A lot of upside, but a lot of downside as well. I feel like Taylor could be a very boomer bust kind of player for the Sun Devils. So I understand why he's getting some major hype in the Pac-12 as a return man, but I'd be lying to you if I told you that it didn't make me nervous. Taking a look now at the second team players, we have Zazavian Valade and Ladarius Henderson on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Valade is a guy who doesn't need much of an introduction. On the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, we we have talked about him plenty of times by right now. So I don't want to I don't want to waste too much of my breath continuing to gush about a guy that I'm very excited about. But Valade is a two time thousand yard rusher. Could have been a three time thousand yard rusher in 2020 had he played more than the five games, as he was averaging 110 yards on the ground. Also a very good receiver with 11.5 a catch in his career, 21 touchdowns in four seasons. At Wyoming, he is coming to Arizona State with a massive opportunity to earn the starting role and place himself in a very similar position that, excuse me, that uh, Rashad White was in. Because I think that he is the best cat uh, pass catching back on the team, and I do think that he could be a very, very prominent runner for the offense. So I definitely agree with the second team. I think that's good value for him. Ladarius Henderson, another guy I think is a, a very good position for second team opportunity here. Now, he is a senior and the most veteran player for the Sun Devils on the offensive line. Uh, three-year starter and a, a, a very underrated guy for the Sun Devils. So last year when you had Kellen Deish and Donovan West, who are in the NFL now, uh, Ladarius Henderson truly wasn't that far behind them. I thought that there were times where he kind of outshined them and going into the year as a second team all pack 12 guy i feel like that's totally fair uh the next guy that they mentioned um again uh for the second team we had zavian Valade, uh ladarius henderson uh the last guy that i want to mention here on the offensive side of things is ben scott who got the third all pack 12 honors uh again the guy's been with the team a while he's redshirt junior he's uh he's been a very versatile player for the Sun Devils played uh, on the right side, particularly there's an opportunity for him to kick inside the center this year, but regardless, he is a versatile piece that the Sun Devils are able to use. And a guy who is going to get tons of different opportunities to shine and look a lot better than, than any, any of the other guys. I think that he's, he's in a very, very good position here to earn to, to earn almost NFL looks, maybe, depending on how well he plays. But you're going to love the the upside that he has here to be flexible throughout the offensive line. I think a third team is fair. So far, I, I agree with everything. I'm not sure about DJ Taylor on first team. But I do think that Valaday and Ladarius Henderson make a lot of sense for second team. And I think that Ben Scott getting the third team is really, really cool. So, so far, so good on my opinions here. Let's go ahead and hop into our first break, though. When we return, we're going to go ahead and continue our conversation on the Sun Devils who made the preseason All-Pac-12 team, this time on the defensive side of the ball. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You know how f- our friends at Built are always coming out with amazing new flavors? Well, this time, Built has truly outdone themselves with their new mud pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Built is introducing... The new mud bar, mud pie flavor, in both mud pie bar and the puffs. Not sure what a mud pie tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, you'd better sit down for this. The new mud pie bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse, covered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. You've got to try the mud pie as soon as possible, and you need to hurry because the mud pie bar and the mud pie puff are only available for a limited time. Visit built.com. To taste the deliciousness for yourself. Still not convinced? Luckily, we saved the best for last. It's actually good for you. No, seriously. All built products are low in calorie, high in protein, and low in sugar. Mud Pie is stacked with 16 grams of protein and only 150 calories and eight grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked the most deliciously creamy chocolate mud pie and wrapped it up just for you. Mud Pie bars and puffs are available at built.com right now, and they're going fast because they're delicious. Like all built bars, again, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. What's great about built.com is all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new Mud Pie, Built Bar, and Built Puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is a perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Again, chocolate mousse, whipped cream, cookies and cream crumble. Stop drooling and get to built.com to order your box of mud pie bars and pops right now. You won't regret it. Go to built.com and use the promo code lock 15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. And again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. The ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders. First pick is June 16th. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. Back into our conversation here about the Sun Devils who have made the All-Pac-12 preseason honors. Four guys on the defensive side of the ball. Starting with the second team, you have Merlin Robertson. I feel like this is also a really good value here because he's been a four-year player for the Sun Devils and a highly productive one in his time here. 235 tackles in those four years, 15 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks, six interceptions. This is a guy who was outstanding as a freshman and just never took that next step. However, he's been nothing short of reliable for the team. And because of this, I feel like that a second team uh, All-Pac-12 mention – is worth it and he's going to be the primary defender he's going into the year arguably is your best defender he's certainly the most uh well-versed and and the most veteran guy he he has to be the guy this year there's no darian butler there's no guys returning from the secondary last year you know uh, uh jermaine Lole is gone tyler johnson is gone from that defensive line. He's got to step up. He needs to be the best player. He needs to be the captain, you know, the middle linebacker and the quarterback of that defense. I think that he very well could be that. And if he found a way to get back to his freshman roots, I mean, this is a guy who could earn himself first team honors. So we'll see. But I do really like Merlin Robertson. And I do really think that he could turn out to be a guy who outplays any expectations that are set for him. Uh, third team now looking at Kyle Soli, his partner, uh, Merlin Robertson's partner in crime at the middle linebacker spot. Now Soli is coming off the year where he led Arizona State in tackles with 88, also tacked on eight tackles for loss, a sack and an interception. This is a guy who is also going to have to really step up. But what's nice for Soli is he can continue to be a stat stuffer. I think that this is a dude who's going to look really good in the box score every single week. The opportunity for him to lead the team in tackles is really, really good again because he's got such a quality guy right next to him in Merlin Robertson. I think that Sully could be a really, really good surprise for the team. And I really hope that he takes that next step because there were times where he looked really good and there were times where he just frustrated the you-know-what out of you. So I'm hoping that Soli can really flourish and become the player that I feel we believe he can be. On the fourth team now, you have Nesta Jade Silvera and Corey Bethley, both transfer guys coming into the program from the University of Miami, Florida and uh, Hawaii, respectively. Looking at Jade Silvera, he's been a quality player for the Miami Hurricanes, who's been outshine. By a lot of really good defensive linemen they've had over the f- last few years, with Gregory Rousseau and uh, Jalen Phillips being first-round picks in the 2020 and/or NF- 2021 NFL draft. Uh, they've had some other guys that, there. Uh, Quincy Rochet made it to the NFL, but Jade Silvera still managed uh, at uh, uh, excuse me at least 35 tackles over the last two seasons. Not a big producer in the sack department with just two sacks in his career, but as a six foot two, 306 pound defensive lineman, he is more than likely going to play a lot of nose tackle for Arizona State, which isn't necessarily going to put him in the best position to really light up the box score with tackle numbers or with sack numbers. But the good news is because there's so much uncertainty on the defensive line. I think that there's a really, really good chance for him to end up putting up some really rock-solid numbers. Nothing great, but he is going to get a lot of starting time, I think. There's going to be a lot of a rotation on the defensive line, and if Jade Silvera can find a way to stand out early, he's going to get plenty of chances to end up being one of the more heavily relied on guys there. Now, Corey Bethley, this is a guy who I think is going to finish much higher than 4th for the all PAC 12 teams. Everybody knows Bethley is one of the highest players I am on going into the 2022 season. The the dude was just hyper productive 99 tackles a year ago, four sacks, five picks, two forced fumbles. He flew around the field for, for uh, Hawaii. And I think that he's going to continue that kind of production when he gets to the PAC 12. And honestly, he kind of has to be, because that secondary is going through so much reloading and uh, retooling and rebuilding, essentially Bethley has a chance to truly shine for Arizona state. If there's one person in the secondary, who's pretty much guaranteed starting time, it's Corey Bethley. And I think because of that, because of all those opportunities that he's going to get, I think that he ends up being one of the biggest surprises in the pac 12. And he shouldn't be a surprise to Arizona State fans. Okay? Heading into the year, you guys know how much I've talked about him. If I bring him up at some point during during the season and you guys don't know who he is, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, you know, disappointed. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you you have to know who he is by now. That's where I stand on Corey Bethley. That's my thought process on all the all Pac-12 teams that have been introduced with the four uh, the four different teams for the preseason edition. And I agree with all of them. I think all of those spots that they picked them have been very fair. I feel like they're higher on DJ Taylor than I am, and they're certainly lower on Corey Bethley than me. But other than that, I feel like they did a pretty good job. I think they kind of knocked it out of the park. We're going to go ahead and hop into our final break. When we return, I'm going to give you guys a handful of guys for the Pac-12 to watch out for this year to end up making all Pac-12 teams. This is a Locked on Sun Devils podcast. And one more time again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Make sure that you make your second listen to the Locked on NBA Big Board podcast as Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Lee Thulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, latest player rankings, and of course, big boards. Follow the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. There are six guys that I have chosen, in particular, to finish as the as the opportunity for uh, what is it? Uh, all Pac twelve teams. In fact, I am going to add another guy right now that I'm disappointed I did not bring up before. Uh, we'll get into him at the very end. We're going to go offense to defense, just like we've done already. First guy, very, very obvious, Emery Jones. I feel like Jones is going into the year just inside the top half of the Pac-12 in terms of quarterbacks returning, if not just outside. Now, ahead of him, naturally, is going to be Caleb Williams transferring to USC. More than likely, Bo Nix at Oregon, just because of his uh His solid success in the SEC, but playing at Oregon and coming from the SEC naturally is going to get lots of hype. Dorian Thompson-Robinson certainly deserves to be up there. Cameron Rising deserves to be up there as well. Depending on your stance with Jaden DeLora, who's transferring down to U of A, he could also be someone who's up there. But I think that Emery Jones is going to be very good for the Sun Devils this year. At a minimum, he's just as good as Jaden Daniels, which, I mean, obviously that's not enough to be a first team all Pac-12 player, but I think that Emory is going to be better than him. You know, he's coming off a year where he threw 2,700 yards and rushed for 759 yards and was the leading rusher for the team. He was far from perfect in his his first season as a starter. And there's a reason he transferred, because Anthony Richardson looks like a very, very good up-and-coming player for the Gators. But he's walking into a situation where the starting job is pretty much guaranteed to him. It's all but his. So I really like Emory Jones this year. I think that he could be a really nice surprise. Next up, I've got two receivers, believe it or not, because I think that they're going to have to receive a lot of volume. Uh, the first guy being Brian Thompson. He's a guy I've brought up before on this podcast as someone who could surprise this year because he's going to be spoon-fed opportunities. Now, he's coming off a year where he only had 13 catches and 130 yards in eight games. I have a hard time believing, at a minimum, he can't double those numbers. In fact, I I feel like he could be significantly better. During his time at Utah, he had nearly 23 yards of reception. This is a guy who can create big plays. I think that he could end up being the number one option in this offense. If not him, then the other guy I'm going with here is Cam Johnson. Johnson is a transfer coming in from Vanderbilt. He was actually a guy who was a preseason All-SEC player last year. Before Vanderbilt, unfortunately, just they're not a great football program. They weren't able to take advantage of the sure hands that Johnson has, Uh, has reeled in 124 passes in his four years there, 120 of them coming in three seasons with starting opportunities. He's not a guy who's blowing the doors off the box score, but I think he is a sure handed guy who should be getting a little more love than he's actually getting. Flipping to the defensive side of the ball, first guy you got to mention, B.J. Green. B.J. Green led the Sun Devils in sacks a year ago with five and really was a a rotational guy at at a best-case scenario. Well, he's going into this year as one of the most relied-on guys for a defensive line that is dealing with a lot of losses. I think that B.J. Green is going to have a huge opportunity to make some big-time noise for the team. I really, really like him to be a massive sleeper in the Pac-12 in terms of being able to put up surprisingly good numbers. Uh, Omar Norman Lott, the next guy that I have here, uh, 30 tackles a year ago, three and a half for loss, two sacks. He's another guy who's going to be heavily relied on for the team in his redshirt sophomore year. I would project him to be a full-time starter as well, next to BJ Green. I think these are the two guys that, I'm really banking on having big years for the program. I think that he is definitely in store for arguably the most snaps on the defensive line while a lot of the other guys end up being in rotations. I think that if one guy has a surefire role with the team, it's Omar Norman Lott. Uh, For what it's worth, Trevez Moore could be a guy. I'm not including him simply because he's never healthy. If he is healthy, sky's the limit for that guy. Other guy on defense I want to mention here is Chris Edmonds. Edmonds, we don't have numbers for him in the tackle department. However, we can take a look at the fact that he had eight interceptions in three years for the Sanford Bulldogs. He's going to be playing next to Corey Bethley. And again, he's he's a player who really has nothing but an inside track for a lot of starting time for the team. And if those ball hawking skills are able to translate, he's somebody who could be a big-time surprise for Arizona State and for the Pac-12. So I like the safety duo that the team has been able to bring in. I think that Edmonds could be a really good surprise and someone that everyone ends up kind of sleeping on. Now, the final guy that I want to talk about who I did add as we were talking about heading into this final segment, and shame on me because I'm such a massive fan of this guy, is Eddie Zablicky. I felt like he was one of the best punters in college football last year. 45 punts, averaging 43.4 yards. Uh, per per punt, uh, just shy of 2,000 total punt yards and a long of 62. He was a guy who was just so reliable in, in being able to flip the field when the Arizona State Sun Devils offense faltered, which unfortunately was a lot more often than we wish it was. But that's the situation that the Sun Devils found themselves in. And I feel like if this year ends up going the way that everyone is thinking, it's going to go. Which means that the Sun Devils are not going to be a good football team. That is a lot of opportunity for Zablicki to really make a name for himself. I think that he is going to have a just just an outstanding year. I feel like he was so good as a freshman. Like probably the best punter we've had since Matt Hawk. And I mean, we had a we had a decent couple of guys who have come through the program since then. But I think Ziplicki is really, really good. He might be the best specialist we have on the team right now. I would certainly put him ahead of whatever's going on in the kicking room. You can make an argument either way between him and DJ Taylor, depending on if you love Taylor or hate Taylor. But Ziplicki, I truly, truly think he will contend for the Ray Guy Award this year as the nation's top punter. Those are the guys I got for the all-pac-12 team, and those were the eight guys who currently are on the preseason All-Pac-12 team. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast one more time. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you would like to check us out there, wherever you get your podcast, though, make sure that you hit that subscribe and follow button so that you never, ever miss an episode. Notifications, definitely suggest turning those on. If you're on Twitter, hit me with that follow at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast while you're there as well at L O underscore Sun Devils. But until next time, guys, you keep the locked right here. Unlocked on, on sunlevels.